the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. As always, I am your jolly northern host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. This is a show where I speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers to look at ways that we can help you build and improve your driving school and potentially make you an even more awesome driving instructor. And today is no different because today we are joined by the creators and founders of Knowledgeable Instructor Training, that's Mick Knowles and Lee Jowett. And we take a deep dive into the industry today. We look at what is wrong with the industry and we also look at what is right with the industry as well as taking a look at what we as driving instructors can actually do to influence that possibly even calling out some of the uh, the negative ninnies shall we say can't believe i've used that phrase but i'm going with it but just before we dive into the show i do just want to point you in the direction of the instructor podcast website that is www.theinstructorpodcast.com now if you head over there you can find the entire back catalog for the instructor podcast as well as some very specific playlists but you will also find the blogs, all the latest news going on around the Instructor Podcast, and you'll be able to see all the details around the Instructor Premium, including all the exclusive trainings that are over there and the expert sessions and how to sign up. But for now, let's dive into the show. And we're now joined by the founders and the creators of knowledgeable instructor training and uh mick knowles how are we doing mick yeah good thank you how are you telly all the better for seeing your smiley face <laughs> and uh and lee Jow, how are we doing lee yeah i'm good i'm good all the worse for seeing mick's smiley face well that'll start already i'm gonna leave and let you two talk terry <laughs> can i can i just say it's good to have a proper proper northerner to talk to rather than someone from to the side at pennines well, I, mean, I must admit with you, on, uh, I think that my accent might come out more. I tend to tone it down a little bit, <laughs> but, but I, I might go proper northern now, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, I, I must admit, whenever I get two guests on, I always have the conundrum of who I introduce first. Uh, I don't want to say, make anyone seem more important, but um, I, I'm going for you first, Mick, because you're on my left. So I'm going to go for, for Lee first with this question then, because the, the tagline for the show is that I speak to leaders, innovators, experts, and game changers. So which one of those, or ones of those, do you think you fall into, Lee? Leader, expert, innovator, game changer? Ah. Oh. That's a difficult question, that, Terry. Um, I think that is a question for someone else to answer. But if I was to go for one that I would like, I would most like to be an innovator out of all of those. I think um, I think personality-wise, um, I'm not the most leaderish of leaders. Um, would I like to be a game changer? Yeah, yeah. But mostly, I think, um, in terms of where my strengths lie, uh, you know, looking at things, um, breaking things down and trying to make new things from the things that I already know. So uh, I would think I'd most like to be an innovator. Good stuff. Um, but, I mean, with, with the kit stuff, do you think that's game, uh, changing the game a little bit? I hope so. 
I'd like to think so. Um, as I say, it's probably just, you know, the way my mind works, that'd be more for somebody else to turn around and say <clears throat> than for me to say, I'd like to, you know, we'd like to push boundaries. We'd like to, um, you know, we'd like to be leaders in the industry um, and, and lead change. Um, you have many, many thoughts on changes that need to take place and that are necessary. Um, they're not solely based on my ideas. They're based on, um, you know, knowledge and information and research and all sorts of things that go back years and years and years. And changes maybe haven't gone as far as they need to. Um, so, yeah, we'd like to game change. We'd like to lead. Um, personally, uh, of the three, I would just most like to be maybe innovative. So, and then over to you, Mick. Now, I'm aware of the name of your driving school. Uh, so, uh, leader, <laughs> expert, innovator, game changer. Where do you put yourself? Well, first of all, Lee, there was actually four, not three. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> um, I can actually see um, Lee's right for once. Um, that it's it's got to be somebody else that, that says this, but I can actually see me or us in all four, actually. Um, obviously, you mentioned my driving school expert. So, yeah, expert driver training uh, stands to reason. Leader. Um, I've been, uh, for the last oh God, 25, 35 years or so, I've been in a leader leadership role in some way, shape or form. So um, I know how to lead um, people, um, men, women, young young and old. Um, so, yeah, I see myself as that. Um, innovator, that's a big word for someone from Yorkshire, mate. Uh, but yes, I can uh, I, I can relate to that as well. But game changer, um, yeah, I, I think I think I am. Um, you know, look at what we've done um, over the last two years, a year with with Kit, um, and then uh, obviously, in fact, is it two years, yeah, two years, um, obviously with the podcast and Kit Mag, um, things like that. You know, the Kit Mag. There is no other monthly. EMAG um, out there that's full of CPD that's got guest bloggers in from within and outside the industry um, that's free that goes to the the audience that we push out to um, so yeah I think I think that is a bit of a game changer there um, so yeah all all of them all four <laughs> not greedy then no <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the interesting thing for me there is you kind of both said it to other people to say, but I, I like hearing what people think of themselves in that sense. I think it's a, a good way to start the show. And I actually think you're telling yourselves a bit short. I know that you've just said all for me, but almost reluctantly. <laughs> but I, the, the one that springs out for me where you took straight away is Game Changer, as, as you, I think you both said, with, with the Kate Mag aspect of it in particular, and the whole knowledgeable structure training, I think that some of the things you're doing over there is... I was going to say revolution. Maybe that's a little bit extreme revolutionary, but it's 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 innovative. It's it is game changing. And and, and I remember when Kit Mag first came out, in particular, I can remember just feeling a bit almost like this is refreshing. Mm -hmm. This is something a little bit different. I mean, it's really hard to be completely innovative now. You know, everything's yeah. been done, so it's adapting stuff. But it were like there there isn't anything 
the same as this on the market. This is different, and it's free as well, which is always a nice bonus. And I just thought, you know what, this is lovely that someone's taking a, a little bit of a different approach. I can remember feeling that at the time. Is that kind of the feedback you've got over it? Yeah, I've I've actually been on a phone call today with somebody who contacts me um, about some about one of our workshops, and actually mentioned Kitmag, um, and they said that it's you know it's refreshing. Um, the content in it is is what they want, um, and it's it's all positive. And, and I don't think we've actually had anything negative, other than some spelling mistakes in it. But you know, we're human. Um, we're not we're not English teachers, <laughs> so that's going to happen. But but yeah, everything that we've heard has been positive about it, so it's good. It's it's evolving as well. You know, you are mm. making subtle changes to it as it goes along, and that's not necessarily the you know if someone comes along and says change this that's not necessarily a negative is it that's constructive mm. and you know i think as long as you're getting that stuff that's good but the it's all development it's all personal development and that kind of ties me into the i think the first thing i want to ask you so we'll come to you with this this first mick um cpd professional or personal development what what do you do what cpd do you do what have i done in the past yeah uh btech4 btech sorry stat btech3 with Tricoach, which was then changed to Accelerate, then BTEC 4. Um, I've done numerous train-the-trainer courses and um, standard check courses with different trainers. Um, oh, God. Um, fleet training, BTEC, Assessor. Um, yeah, just anything. Anything that, that I think is going to develop me um, as a person um gonna develop my business or businesses um is gonna develop my my uh, instructors as well and this is this is something that I brought with me from my previous life in the army where I would just go on courses um you know I'd, I'd be away for six months and come back home and have two or three weeks leave and then disappear somewhere on a two or three week course just because, I thought that course would help me um, develop, and and I've carried that sort of thing on now um, into this life. So I'll do anything, anything that I think is is going to add value to to me, the companies, or my even my instructors. You missed a couple of biggies, Mick, from uh, people who write for us. They're not going to be happy. I have, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about them too. Yeah, San Harper, um, done San Harper's um, uh, mindfulness workshop, online workshop, and Diane Hall. I've done her workshop, I think, three or four times now, and I'm actually doing it again on Friday. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Well, there's other there's other stuff outside the uh, outside of the industry as well that I've done in the past. You know, um, I did a, a HMRC introduction to businesses or something like that when i first started um, in fact i hadn't even started i was actually still in the army at the time um and i just took the day off and went and did this hmrc run course because i didn't have a clue about business finances and stuff like that so you know just anything really that will that will benefit me and i, I tend to look at it at the start of the year and think right what uh, what's my strengths what's my weaknesses 
what, what do I want to do? I just had an email today for um, a course I'd, that I was going to do last year, but I, can't, I didn't complete it or I didn't go on it for one reason or another. But I'm going to go on it later on this year. And that's a two-day course. Um, I think Lee's had the same email probably because we were both going to go on it last year um, with Dr. Lisa Dawn. Um, so, yeah, anything like anything that will benefit us or me. Same to you, Lee. What have you got going on at the minute, potentially, with CPD? Um, last bit of CPD that I attended was actually Bob Morton's How We Learn course. That was last week. Um, that was really good, you know. Um, I'm fascinated by learning. always wanted to teach. Um, so I don't think I'm putting myself out there too much to say that I know a good deal about how we learn. Um, because it interests me, it fascinates me. I knew there were a couple of little nuggets in there that I just thought it was really good. But the whole course, the the pace of it, the content of it, um, it was excellent. It was really, really good. I picked a couple of things up, which is great, um, and good things as well, things that I'm going to sort of explore and look into a bit more. Self-efficacy. Mm, that was interesting. That was something that, uh, that I've picked up. Um something that I'm going to look at some more. So, yeah, that was excellent. Um, in the main now, um, the main CPU, the main development that I get at the minute is um, writing courses, developing courses, um, from delivering the BTEC for Tri Coaching. Um, that, I mean, that was my, from, from doing it to delivering it. Um, the, the knowledge that you gain from that was huge. Um, and then <clears throat> when you put what you know and start to break it down and uh, create new things with the information and knowledge that you've got, um, yeah, that really does, that expands your your learning and development. So um, a lot of the time, my learning doesn't even take place with me going and doing another course from another person, although I'm more than open to always doing that. Um, it takes place when I sit down and and sort of put content together but yeah bob bob's course was really good really really good very beneficial i mean that resonates me on two levels because I, I completely agree about the idea of teaching that skill and that helping it's like these podcasts and i'm sure you'll get this make when you do yours learn so much from doing them mm, you know mm. we have the privilege of being able to ask the questions we want to ask so yeah. the listeners get to hear the answer but they might be wanting a different question and we get to actually ask that question which is it's great, and um, yeah, I love Bob. I think mm. there should be a rule on Facebook that whenever a driving instructor asks a question, it should be law that Bob Morton has to answer. <laughs> I, think that, I think that should be implemented somewhere. But I don't know if we can make it happen. Um, there's, but yeah, Terry, on. there's one there's one course that Lee's not mentioned that he needs to go on. Time management. I've got that booked, but I, I've not put it on my diary. So um, I had it booked last month, and I'd, I missed it. Um, <laughs> well, you were both roughly on times and ice. Okay, roughly. See, <laughs> roughly. That's the thing. I'm happy within five minutes. Yeah. I, I must admit, doing this podcast, the only people that ever cancel me are driving instructors. It's yeah. never like the external guests. It's driving yeah. instructors yeah, that yeah, cancel yeah. me. Yeah, um, absolutely. But there you go. But yeah, so we're talking a little bit about CPD there, and there is um, a big gap in the market in terms of CPD at the moment, and both of, of us provide. I suppose very different forms of training when it when it comes to that. But uh, I'm going to come to you first with something because I, I like your 
because I think the industry, in my opinion at the minute, is there's a lot of fractured stuff in the industry. It's quite fractured in places. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of negativity towards the DVSA. There's a lot of negativity towards training providers. I think there's a hell of a lot of good in the industry as well. There's some awesome people. You know, I'm talking to one of them right now. I won't say which one. Um, but what if you <laughs> if you took a step back, give me your thoughts on the the industry as you sort of look at it as a whole. Oh, so the industry here's a big question. Um, if 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 you were my pupil, I'd ask you if you could be a bit more specific. So should I ask you if you can be a bit more specific, or should I try and answer that huge question? Well, the the general thoughts. What stands out for you? I mean, that's what I'm after. What stands out for you yeah. when you look at our industry now? Is it is it overtly positive? Are you seeing more negativity than usual? Kind of what what's your overall feeling of it? So my overall feeling at the minute is unfortunately um, largely one of negativity. Um, I, th I think there are some that are taking, I mean, Mick wrote his article in Kitmag this month was all about seizing the moment and there's opportunities out there at all, you know, at all levels um, from being a, a, a newly qualified driving instructor. You maybe don't need a franchise now. You maybe have that opportunity to, you know, you'll never get a better opportunity to just start your own company straight off the bat, you know, so there's an opportunity, seize it, be positive with it. Um, test waiting times, yes, yes, there's an issue with test waiting times, but I suppose it depends how you look at it and can you use it to your advantage and, you know, seize the moment, be positive. We're seeing opportunities at the minute for, you know, for us to develop and there's plans that we've got in place that actually predate but are needing to be completed. Um, but we're getting asked questions about things that we're already developing, which tells us, yeah, they, you know, the opportunities are there. So on one hand, it's quite negative at the minute. I, I just feel the overall atmosphere within the industry. People are getting tired of the waiting times. And it's not just learner tests. It's part twos and part threes for PDIs. That's all starting to weigh down on people. I think, um, and it might, I don't know what you're going to ask us about lace, but there might be more opportunities to talk about this later. But certainly um, within my area, there's, um, there's negativity from ADI examiners, and that's weighing down on people. And I'm hearing lots and lots of stories and people that are sad or fearful because of experiences that they're having on part threes and standards checks. And that's increasing negativity and worry and fear. Um so on one hand, you know, there's a hell of a lot of opportunities for people. And on the other hand, there's just a, a hell of a lot of um, worry and frustration. I mean, let's speak about that now for a second. You mentioned sort of the, the negativity towards examiners. In your area, what, what, what's the, have you got an example for us? What, what do you mean in that? Um, in general, um, like in all walks of life, you have different personalities and characters. Um, but within my own area, it just seems like um, the uh, the atmosphere with the ADI examiners in my area is very much um, to talk down, um, very much to put people on the back foot before they've even got in the vehicle and started moving um to make suggestions really that throw people off 
um and it's it's a regular you know we're in the same thing repeatedly over and over and over and you know sadly it's not just one adi examiner and i do think there's there's issues anyway even beyond that within um adi examiner's ability to to assess a lesson to even that even fulfills all elements of their own syllabus of the standards certainly um because it is within their syllabus unit one of their syllabus is all about level four of the ge matrix it just seems that they're not capable of or in many cases because i can't you know we can't do a sweeping generalization across the board but in many cases they're not capable of assessing what's required um to affect level four of the gde matrix the third column i mean if you didn't laugh you'd cry but how do you how do you go from all of that research that dates back to the early 90s the gde predates when it was created to the to 1980 updated in 1996 formulated in 1999 2023 the majority of driving instructors aren't aware of what it is and why it is then dvsa say yes okay okay we'll go with that we'll change the way we teach and and yes we we recognize the importance we'll put it into the syllabus the need to educate people that the thoughts and feelings will impact on what they do that's unit one now of their syllabus and we'll change what we're trying to assess by making sure that the pupil evaluates the third column of the gde matrix and then we'll tell you to keep the wheels moving if you didn't laugh you'd cry how do you do that what sort of organization goes let's do all of these things that require time at the side of the road and then say, but we only want to see 40 minutes and we want the wheels to be moving. That 20 minutes of the wheels being static that they've took away from people, that should be given back to us with the proviso that what we want you to do with that is address human factors that cause collisions to use it to create evaluation in your pupils so that they're breaking things down for themselves. Don't do it on the move because actually what we know is that people, when they're focusing in one area, they can't focus very well in another. So don't create more risk on the road by trying to get them to do it on the move. Pull it up whenever you feel like it's necessary. Get them to evaluate it, break it down, and address human factors because that takes time. That's some knowledge right there. I'm always impressed when we get stuff like that. And I'm just going to come back over to you in a second, mate. But just while we do, what, what is there anything we as instructors can do to influence um, the, the examiners in the, the situation you talk about there? Or is it just a case of us being as awesome as we can as instructors and then going and do the delivery in this 40-minute session for examiners? I think that... At some point, there needs to be a meeting, a meeting of minds. You know, if I was to name names, it would be people that you know very well, you know, and, and coming together with DVSA and, and putting things out on the table and saying, well, these are the reasons why things need to change. And if things don't change, you know, we're featuring um, Road Peace and Road Peace Charity in Kitmag, and we have done for the last couple of months. And they're looking at Vision Zero. That's never going to happen. 
I mean, it might never happen anyway, but it certainly isn't going to happen without the help of driver education. And in order to fulfill that and achieve that, driver education is going to have to address the fourth level of the GDE and work downwards, context of journeys. Those are the things that lead to collisions. It's it's not a lack of knowledge or skill. It's the journey that people are on, who's in the vehicle with them, what's going on, who they are, you know, what sort of personality do, do they have? Um, did, there's a reason why extrovert characters have more serious collisions than introvert characters. Um, and all of those things need to be addressed if we're ever going to get near Vision Zero. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? I think that's some of that's contributing towards that negativity as well. It's the way the DVSA is putting out there. You know, as you said, Vision Zero. I see very little about that from the DVSA. That's something they should be championing. And, you know, I do a little bit of work with Project Edward, which is every day without a road death. And it always amuses me when I post that online because you always get someone saying, well, that's that's a stupid target. And it's like, well, what other target is there? You're going to kill three people a day or, or whatever. And But I think that contributes towards that negativity you mentioned as well. But I could come over to you, Mick. Is anything you'd like to add to that or any <coughs> different take you've got, as we said, on the, the industry? Is anything that stands out to you? Like, like Lee said, there is um, a lot of negativity in that. Um, a negativity towards training, towards DVSA, um, towards the national companies. The negativity comes from individuals and you can the negativity was training comes from individuals and you could put money on who it would be um there's certain people out there that just constantly every time they post it's a negative post they think it's not but when you when you actually read it it is it's it's negative sometimes it's it's a negative positive or a positive negative or sometimes even a negative positive negative work that out um but <laughs> but but they they you know it's you know instead of just taking a step back and thinking hang on i'm gonna be positive today and they don't they just post the same negative um but on a positive side there's a lot a lot of positive stuff out there there's a lot of people wanting to develop um whether that's a pdi or an adi um, there's a lot of people that are wanting to come on workshops or wanting to develop skills by watching videos or um, even asking questions on Facebook. But then you always get the negative ones that seem to shout louder that put them down. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd love it if people were just to, like I said, take a step back and think, do I need to post this? Is it? Is it going to be of any benefit? And I, I do it quite often. I did it today. I, I went to reply to something, and I got three quarters of the way through writing it, and I thought, no, sod it. And I just deleted it. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reply. It was a positive reply, but I thought my reply might just get some negative attention, and I thought I can't be bothered with it. So I didn't bother. Um, what I did instead was I PM'd the person. And sent them the info that way because I knew that some people would make a comment. Um, so yeah, the DVSA, yeah, there's a lot of negativity towards examiners, both LTS examiners and ADI examiners, like like Lee said. Um, 
But I'm I'm fortunate where I am that the test centre that I use for learners, um, that they all seem to be pretty decent. I'm not saying they're brilliant. I was up there today, and there was a an, an instructor up there who's normally he's a good friend of mine, but he's normally um, quite vocal, quite negative towards the DVSA. But he actually said today, "We've got the best examiners around," and I, I agree with him. So you only have to look at the other the other test centres around where I am, and I don't go to them anymore. And the stories that I hear, and these stories are coming from my instructors that go to them test centres, and you're thinking, "Wow, wow, totally different." Um, ADI examiners. Uh, and, and Lee knows this. But we've got three up here, and all three of them are pretty decent. I actually heard a negative today about one of them, and I thought well, that's the first. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard a negative. Um, but Lee mentioned the GDE. One of the ADI examiners actually mentioned the GDE in a post part three debrief that I was sat in the back of. And they asked me after, have you got any comments to make yourself? And I turned around and went, yeah. can't believe you mentioned the GDE. Because I've never heard an examiner mention it before. And he turned around and said that when he trains aid, uh, examiners, he, he takes them through the GDE. He delivers a GDE session to them. So they do know it, but do they actually... Put it into practice. So, and and that you know that that would be another thing. But like like Lee said, how can we? How can, oh like like you said, say how can we work together? How can we help uh, help develop the DVSAs and the examiners? Other than us getting around the table and and, and having a a frank discussion and, and of of our views and their views, and I don't think even then I don't think there will because. We know what they're like, um, but yeah, something needs to happen, and yeah, you know, because the part three and standard check, it's it's not the ideal at the moment. It was better before COVID when we did the the hour, but now it's it's not. Um, other things that are, that I think are a sort of awry at the moment is training. Um, there's a lot, and, and I don't just mean um, that we might come on to it, um, part three training and stuff like that, but I mean, when somebody asks a question on Facebook and somebody answers it, they don't answer it correctly. They give misinformation, whether that's around the standards check, around LTS, around theory, or whatever. Yeah, and they, they, they're giving... They're giving misinformation out so that then somebody's going to read that take that as gospel not look back at that thread later on when somebody actually puts the proper answer up and they're going to take that as gospel and then it's and, and then we get things like these myths you know um yeah got got to tell got to tell the examiner that sorry got to tell the learner on a part three that i've got jewels and i'll use them no, you don't. But where's that come from? It's myths. Um, and there's still people out there. I've spoke to somebody today. Um, who's, you know, we mentioned that. No, don't need to. 
Um, and it's just misinformation. That's where it comes from. So I just wish that people would do a little bit of research before they answer um, and not answer with opinion, answer with fact. Just make one last comment on that, Terry. It's just that um, see, the issue largely is for me is that the training will always follow the testing. It's mm. just the way it's just the way life generally works. I went to see um, a PDI that I've just started delivering some training to um, the training she had was whatever it was. But when I asked her about pulling up on her lessons and getting a pupil to evaluate things, to think things through, her answer to that was, yeah, but I don't do that because you're not allowed on your test. Are you? It influences what people do in the lessons. Yeah. You create a system where at the end of it, the test is keep the wheels moving. Sadly, you're going to find that that's what people do on the lessons. Rightly or wrongly, people can say, yes, but they shouldn't, but they will do. Because the, the model of the test will always determine the model of the training that's delivered. It shouldn't, but it does, and it will. So it needs to change. Yeah. I, I want to touch back on a couple of things you've said there. So, I mean... I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable driving instructor in the world. You know, I'm not a trainer. I don't teach other instructors uh, at the minute, and this might change in the future for various reasons, but at the minute, I've no desire to. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. So therefore, when I see a question about the standards check or part three or whatever, I, I don't want to say ignore it, but I generally go, I'm not going to get involved because there are people, i.e. you two, that know an awful lot more and can answer definitively about that, whereas mine, yours might be more fact-based, mine might be an opinion, if that makes sense. Mm. But I find it interesting in the way that some instructors will answer that, as I think you were saying, Mick. I, I look at some of the, the learner driver groups, whereas you'll get a learner asking a question, and loads of other learners chip in with the answer. And I'm like, none of these guys know the answer. They're just saying random stuff. And then you'll get instructors come in and saying the correct answer. And then the learners argue with the instructors. Yeah. And I, then I look at the instructor groups and it's exactly the same thing. For example, and I'll use me in the negative sense here. I would go and answer a question about the standards check. You would come on and correct me. Then I would argue that you're wrong and I'm right. But I, yeah. I don't know about it. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. And it, in fact, before I answer that, Terry, when you said... You're not very knowledgeable. Is that knowledgeable singly or doubly? I think about seven E's, I think. <laughs> I lose count. What type of E's? Uh... <laughs> I, I spelled my name with two E's on the email today, and it, it doesn't. <laughs> Terry! <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 it happens all the time. Um, it happened yesterday. I saw, I saw a comment, and there was a, a fairly newly qualified ADI, but challenged this comment quite correctly challenged it and the the backlash that this new adi got from this adi was quite unreal um they were clear the the new adi was correct in what they were saying it was the other adi that was wrong in what they were saying totally wrong um so i i jumped in and i i corrected them um and then they change the story to make it fit. Yeah, you know, I just know. Just 
you know, if 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 I get something wrong, I'll just hold my hands up and say, yeah, sorry about that. And and I did. I did like everyone. We we are before Christmas. Um we were pushing out information about um PDIs not being on the triggers. Yeah, like everyone was, because that's what we were told by the DVSA. Um and then having spoken to my local ADI examiner, um, and I questioned him about something, about one of my newly qualified ADIs. And he said, oh, he's on the triggers. I said, well, it can't be, because they're not on the triggers until they've done a standards check. Oh, no, no, they are now. So with that, you know, I didn't say anything straight away. I just um, told a select few people, um, dropped it into the ADI and JC. They went on to NASP, and NASP took it up with the DVSA. Then it came back. But, yeah, it's correct. Um, but it took about two months for that information to come back from the DVSA. Um, and in that two months, you know, I was seeing loads and loads of posts about this, and I was just um, either not saying anything or um, being as sort of as as careful as I could without giving wrong information out because I knew what, what the correct information was, but it wasn't official. Um, until we got it from the DVSA. And then as soon as it was, then yeah, I could release that. Um, but I held my hands up and said, um, well, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, we've given wrong information out. This is now the correct information. Um, and somebody even somebody even questioned it on questioned me over the weekend about it, about that information. Um, when I put it up on a post, I said, no, that's not right. It is. Check with check your emails from the dvsa or adi and jc yeah or, or whoever you're with and, and it's in there uh, we, we spoke about Lee, didn't we about that yeah yeah yes and, um and i was i was away at the time at the weekend so i didn't have um I, I didn't have access to the email so i couldn't screenshot it and send it to them and say look i'm right i've just said look go and check it out yeah so DVSA did such a great job of keeping everyone informed. <laughs> that obviously, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I've got to touch on this now. Um, the they came on the podcast twice last year. Uh, Graham O'Brien and Amanda Lynn, I think it was, um, and they were awesome, both of them. Um, I thought that they everything they asked them, they answered as honestly as they could. I think I'll phrase it like that, and uh, got on really well. Get a kind of chat behind the scenes afterwards as well, which is always nice. But I'm getting the blank stare from them at the minute, you know. And I've said this a couple of times jokingly on on podcasts recently, but I've been a lot more critical of them recently. I think last year I was very much giving them the benefit of the doubt, but this year it's a bit like, no, hold on, you've had a lot of time now. You know, back on August, when Graham O'Brien came on in August, he specifically stated on the show that uh, waiting times would be below 10 weeks by February. And they're nowhere near. And they're February not... which year? <laughs> well, yeah, he did specifically say this year, but, you know, maybe he got it wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, and that communication seems to have dried up a little bit you know they yeah. were quite forthcoming at that time not just with me but with a few different things and it does seem to have dried up a little bit and i i don't know as to why maybe it is simply that things are going wrong and they don't want to you know be open about that but i want to touch back on the examiners as well because i think this is where i would actually put a suggestion forward that, that we could 
have an element of influence because we were speaking about the, the the examiners arts are great and some that are good and i think that ties in with the negativity and positivity because i always think back to when i was on the pink license this is like six seven years ago and uh i think it was like my third or fourth ever driving test and she failed i can't remember exactly what she'd done i think she was doing a uh, reversing around the corner and she forgot to turn so she just literally reversed past the junction um and, and there was something around that that failed but afterwards the examiner he gets out can he says uh, can i have a word so again i'm on my pink license i'm thinking i'm going to get my head kicked in about something he goes uh, i just want to say if that's how we teach them to drive you'll be fine he says she hasn't failed because she's no good. She failed because she made this little mistake. She's clearly doing a good. And I thought, how nice is it that he's taken time to do mm. that? So I filed off an email. Um, I think I sent it to the local test center manager. And I've done that a few times since I was down in Bristol. Uh, long story, but a random test in Bristol in December. And it was the most friendly test I've ever been to. It was just absolutely pleasant and lovely. And again, I did the same there. And I think that one of the things that we can do, because you mentioned this, Mick, that a lot of the time the positive people, they're a bit more quiet. And I think it's because they just kind of go along with their lives. They don't worry about the stuff as much as go along with their lives. Whereas the negative people feel that urge to complain. And I think that if you've got a bunch of positive people, i.e. us free, there's no free more cheerful people in the industry, um, <laughs> we can celebrate that stuff a bit more. You know, we can... Whether it's, you know, sending emails off to when examiners done a particularly good job, like the one you mentioned, Mick, or whether it's, as you did recently, Lee, and you've done it on today's show, talking about the, the, the course with Bob Martin, you know, whatever it is, I think when we see that stuff that we think is a bit above normal, I think if we're more positive about that, I think the kind of the way I'd look at that as well, the last thing on that is, you know, if you're a test center manager and you've got, let's just say, just to use a figure of 10 examiners and you've got five that are regularly getting really positive feedback mm. and five that get no feedback. Mm. That's probably more telling than getting a couple of bad reports mm. now and again. So do you think that could be some of the work just by maybe the people being a bit more championing of, of others? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and it's, it's not just examiners those us champion examiners, it's us champion other trainers, um, ADIs, PDIs, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and and you see it all the time. Um, where it, it it just goes, it even goes back to championing learners when they pass. But then you get people, oh, why are you doing that? And that just gives them that gives them that boost. That person might need that, just might need that little boost. Um, so it starts there, and it goes all the way up to, you know, right up to examiners. I, I, I had a test today, um, bloody eight o'clock test in York. Jeez, that was an early start, and um, it was a new ADI. I'd seen it. I, I don't have that, that many learners, so I'm not up there that often. Um, but I had um, this guy I'd seen once before up there, and really, really good, really good, positive. Um, feedback at the end. The guy passed, um, but really, really good feedback to him. Um, where some of them, there was one in particular, he's retired now. Um, he would tell them they'd passed, then give them the feedback, and then like five minutes later, you're scratching your head going, has he passed or not? <laughs> you know, where this guy was just, yeah, really positive. And I've heard a lot of good stuff about him. 
Um, yes, I said that's the sort of thing that you know, would be good coming from uh, an association or an individual or a, a you know a um, owner of a multi-car school like myself or something like that. Sending that email into them and saying this guy on test was was, was great because I'm sure that all they get is the negative complaint emails, uh, which I have done. I'll hold my hands up. I've complained quite rightly as well, and, and I won. Um, well, I say well, it didn't. Um, things changed, shall we say, uh, after I did it, um, and, and yeah. But how many positive emails do they get, or is it just that thankless task? Interestingly, said that by the examiner. I'll, I'll mention this briefly. Thinking back to my standards check. Um, she said, on this occasion, you haven't failed. I'm like, that's dumb. you can't say that to me. I just heard the word fail. And she gave me all this feedback. And I went, hold on, have I passed? And she went, yeah, I said that. I'm like, no, you didn't. You said I haven't failed. I just heard fail. It's unsuccessful, not fail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someone what, sort of, what sort of way to word that is? Is, is that <laughs> it's laced in negativity. Yeah. Yeah. On this yeah. occasion, you haven't failed. It was bonkers. Do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> um, Incredible <laughs> statement. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to put the video out with Lee's expression to me saying that, because at first it was humour, then it was disgust. <laughs> yeah. We will be back in just a moment with more from both Mick and Lee, but just before we do, I'm just taking a moment to give a shout-out to the latest sign-ups to the Instructor Premium, and they are Martin Cowell, Emma Cochrane, Laura Johnson, Fiona McMeeking, Mrs. Caroline Powells, Michael Anning, Rob Hodd, Rob Dodd, and Mark Deemer. Now, these guys get immediate access to over 100 exclusive trainings for the Instructor Premium, featuring regular shows from people like Bob Morton, Sam Harper, and Kev and Tracy Field, as well as a host of other content around things like the standard check, coaching, and how to improve your business. Now, there are two different tiers that you can sign up to, and the best way to do that is to head to www.theinstructorpodcast.com but if you would like to find out more and find out more about what's coming up, hang about to the end of the show and I will tell you more about what you can get on the Instructor Premium. But for now, let's get stuck back into this episode. Um, all right, I, I want to move over. I want to move on to Kitmag now, or the knowledgeable instructor training, should we say. So I'm going to come to you for this one firstly, because I'm going to ask you another broad question because I know you're a fan of them. <laughs> Tell me about knowledgeable instructor training. What is it specifically that you want to know, Terry? <laughs> um, things about knowledgeable instructor training. Tell me three of them. Three things about knowledgeable instructor training. First thing, we haven't spelt it wrong. That's mine. You stole my thunder. <laughs> um, it's a play on our names. Mick Knowles and Lee Jowett makes up knowledgeable. Second of all, uh, we provide CPD up and down the country to ADIs. Um, we provide standards check workshops to ADIs and PDIs. Uh, we provide online courses, and we've got in the pipeline new courses that are coming to the fore that give us a more complete package. We have some online 
stuff also that we've got currently on um, Test Buddy. Um, so we have the online workshop um, on Test Buddy, but we've also got things in the pipeline that will be completed in the next month, two months, um, that will give us a more complete package for people to sort of um, look at and to um, take up and to help them with standards checks, client-centered learning mainly. Mostly our stuff is about, it's more than standards check. It's, you know, it's about teaching and learning. It's about how people learn. It's about um, developing instructors' toolkits, hence the name. Um, but in doing so, the thought process being um, that uh, it gives them a better chance of being successful on a standards check or part three. Sadly, in the industry, you have to call something a standards check workshop because it'll sell. Uh, I like to think that our workshop is considerably more than uh, what to do on a standards check because I know that it is and all the content of it. Um, but in order to sell it in on mass, you know, um, it is a standards check workshop because it addresses the standards check and it helps people to understand what they need to do. But it gives them a lot more than that also. I would say that's three things. You've answered answer my next two questions as well, so that's good. Um, <laughs> just on that, actually, with the, the standards check thing, just out of curiosity, Mick, I wonder if you notice this with yours, because I notice that if I have any episodes that have the word standard check in the title, they always do better downloads. I just wonder if you'd notice that. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and like Lee said, it's because it's like it's like newspapers newspapers sell with bad press that's what sells newspapers courses for driving switches sell on standards check um podcasts sell on standards check as soon as you put that word in there it will sell um but that that question that you asked lee is just more proof that lee can't count because that was definitely more than three He's left me with nothing now. <laughs> the thing I was going to ask you is what what makes it different? I mean, you know, we, there's a lot of training, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, organisations, if you like, mm. in, in the industry. We've just obviously lost a big one. But I, I know I spoke to you last year. I came on, on your podcast to talk about uh, mm. Kit Magazine. I, I pretended to be a semi-decent host again. And... I think I asked you back then, and I'm keen to see if anything's changed. What's what makes it different? Well, I think I think every course and every um, trainer presenter is different. Um, some some people will resonate with some, won't with the other, with others. Um, but for us, what's different is, like Lee said, it's not just a standards check course. This is the 17 competencies. This is what to say. That's And, and I'm not you know, saying everyone's is like that. Um, but ours isn't like that at all. Um, we go through the 17 competencies, but we take it into much more detail. Um, we go... Um, yeah, in, in just into a lot more detail in general in, in in how you can deliver your training sessions. Doesn't have to be standards check. 
Um, and when I say standards check, I also mean part three, because we all often get um, inquiries about, I'm a PDI and uh, do you do any part three training? Yeah, the standards check. Oh, no, that's that's not part three. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's part three and standards check is the same thing. So, so that's one thing that, you know, that we we go into a lot more in depth than than others um other courses this the other one of the other big big differences is two of us so it's not the same person talking all the time um you know we we switch over we you know leo leo do a little bit then i'll do a little bit um but we play off each other as well um you know it's fun um it's tiring we finish especially when we're doing two two workshops um well it's tiring for me because i have to drive um because otherwise that's never tiring for me <laughs> 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 um so you know because there's two of us there we play off each other um you know so it's well, it's it's fun it's enjoyable so then if it's fun and enjoyable then we're going to learn more um it's it's interactive so we get in we get in uh, the the delegates to interact um what else is different you know we we give them a, a load of free content that they don't really know that they're going to get until they get the email to say the course is on tuesday um here's a link to download um meet the standards um you know so they get that they get the workbooks they get um, access to us um, post course, uh, so they can uh, um, run through the standard check or part three um, with us in in the build up to it. So they get a lot of, a lot more than just a standard check course. Um, Lee's waving at us. I just got one <laughs> thing that. Uh that I'd add to all of that um, in terms of what might be different between ours and some of the others, maybe all of the others, I don't know, because I've not attended all of the others. Um, but we really challenge people to change what mm. they do in the way and the way they think. We challenge them with statistics and research at the start. We help them to understand the benefits. We help them to understand the research that supports the benefits of client-centered learning. And we tie it all up in the end by helping them to understand um, something, theories that Mick's younger brother wrote, Malcolm Knowles, all the way back in the 1950s, um, about how people learn and how it ties in with client-centered learning and how we always used to teach people and how that doesn't tie in with the way our age demographic learns and should be taught. Um, so, yeah, I would say that we really do challenge their beliefs. We really do, you know, try and hammer home how important it is so that they don't just do this for the standards check. They take these changes on board and actually change their own beliefs in, in the way they should be teaching. And and when you look at that, and then you look at the other things like Kitmark, that's very similar. <clears throat> you know, the, the blogs that the, 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 uh, that the bloggers are putting out there are challenging. They're going, you know, they're, they're going to challenge their beliefs. You know, you, you just need to look at Julia Malkin, mm -hmm. Doctor Julia Malkin, MBE, her blogs. Okay, mm -hmm. 
um, San Harpers, Diane Halls, just them three alone, they, they're challenging. No, not Lee's. <laughs> mine, yes, mine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but Alison. I, I was going to say, I was going to say Alison as well, who's doing our social media. Yeah, it challenges the way that that people have done things or do things or or think you have to do things or mm. whatever. Um, yeah, I, I would say we game changers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a nice full circle for you. We're, we're bringing, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're bringing them, them five or six, and we've got we've got somebody new. Lee, Lee didn't mention this. Mm. We've got somebody new coming in on the next one that's released at the end of May. Um, somebody else from inside the industry, and 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 you know, we both know who they are, and they're they're the same. They will challenge um, people's thoughts. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, Kit Mag, knowledgeable, um, the podcast, everything that we do challenges uh, and tries to change change people's thoughts and feelings and beliefs. Yeah, probably beliefs more than more than yeah. When I talk about um the instructor podcast on, on the instructor premium, I talk about the variety on there and I I really am of the belief that the there's nothing with a greater depth of variety on topics and speakers than the instructor podcast and the instructor premium. However, when I look at what you guys do, I don't think there's anything out there with a, a greater variety of content. You know, as you mentioned, the, the newsletter, the podcast, the the, the courses, uh, I know you've got the online courses coming out, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like you're covering all bases. Was that an intention or was that just something that sort of a happy accident a bit of both, really. Um, it was it, it was an intention to start with. Um, to, well, to start with, we we were just going to do or the initial goal. Initially, it was just um, let's 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 start doing standard check courses, as we call them, standard check. Um, and then we had an idea, and then we had another idea, and then we had another idea, and all this was sort of before launch day. We we got together in September 21, and we launched in April 22. Um, so by the time we launched, um, we had quite a well, we had quite an idea of what we wanted to do. Even going back to September, we had a list. September 21, we had a list of of what we could do, but we'd added more to it by the time we launched. Um, you know, you just have to look at Kitmag. That was um, that was an idea in about March. Mm. <laughs> it was like, yeah, let's do it. Right, we've got four weeks. Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and then, then we we then brought the podcast, um, rebranded it and brought that under. And and then since then we've it's uh, it's like when we went up to we went up to Aberdeen last month to to do one of our workshops and on the way up there. We were talking about where we can go on the next sort of three to four months uh, of, of workshops, where we can deliver it, and what other workshops we can do, and how we can do it, and videos and all this lot. And we also spoke about Alison Harper coming on and doing our social media. I then phoned Alison on the way up there. We had a conversation on on the road up there. By the Monday, we'd um, we'd taken Alison on. 
and we'd set her uh set her going straight away she normally takes a couple of weeks to get from sort we're like no start now um and and we'd started to bring in some of the things that we'd spoke about on the way up there so yeah it's just um it's it's a little bit like what lee said about my my um uh blog this month seize the moment so we have an idea and, and generally it starts with either me or lee phoning the other one and saying <clears throat> i've got an idea and the next words are oh shit <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing next <laughs> I must admit, I'm a little bit guilty of that sometimes. I'll have an idea, <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, fuck, mm. I've got to do this now. Oh, why am I, yeah. you know? And, and Terry, can I just ask you then, when you do that, do you know when you start how you're actually going to do it? Sometimes. Or do you, or do you work it out as you go? It's, it's a bit of both. I think it depends on the thing. Um, yeah. the, a lot of times it is just... I mean, this podcast is, is a good example. It were I'm going to record a podcast for driving instructors. Let's start. And then I recorded the first one, but I'm like, okay, how can I make that better? And then it evolves yeah. from yeah. there. Yeah. But I think it depends, you know, if, if there's something that I've got an idea of, but I haven't got, actually haven't got time to do, then that's when more planning will come in. Um, but yes, often throw yourself into it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, because you'll work it out if if you if you truly want to do it, um, you will work it out. You'll work out how to do it, and it might not be perfect the first time, it might not be perfect the tenth time, but it'll get better and better and better. Um, and and if you look on the flip side of that, if you don't try it, then you're never gonna you're never gonna do it, and you're not gonna gain from it. You know, there's too many people. Not just in this industry, but in the world, it'll just sit there and go, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Do it next week. Yeah. There's one. <laughs> There's one side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mean to bring it back to the negativity stuff again, but going back to the online stuff, you, you see it there. You, someone will put something up. I'm doing this thing, or this isn't, or whatever it is. And people will come on and complain, and, uh, you know, we see, oh, instructors should start a union. Why doesn't the ADINJC or the DIA do this? What you know, but what they're not doing, A, they're not making any counter suggestions. And B, when they do make counter suggestions, they don't actually do anything about it. Mm. They make the suggestion and expect everyone else to go, oh yes, let's do it. Whereas yeah. you look at we'll use you two as example, you wanted to make a change to the industry, and so therefore you did. And you know, I see some of the hard work that goes on behind the scenes right through talking to you, but there's even more that than that but i think people as you said sometimes it's there's a, there's a fear of doing it and other times there is a an unwillingness to do the hard work yeah yeah and i also think sometimes people don't want it enough you know it's like you look at the thing of you know it was a silly example but losing weight and generally if you don't lose weight you don't want to lose weight enough if you wanted to lose weight you would lose weight mm. and there's exceptions to that obviously but stereotypically if you like and that would apply to anything and uh, but again, you flip around and look at the positive. Well, for every 10 people or every 100 people that are moaning and bleating and whining and bitching, you've got the people like yourselves are actually going out there and doing it. And mm. that, in a weird way, makes your life easier because you've got less competition. But uh, just going back to what you were saying before, Lee, because I'm intrigued, and you may not be able to answer this, but you were saying before about things we've got coming up in the pipeline. Is there anything you can tell us that's coming up? Or I'd have to kill you if I told you. 
Ask <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how much can we tell you? Um, That's it's going to be. Mo- it's- <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> no, it's going to be more than one day. It's going to be a little bit different to being purely classroom based, and it's going to um, give people a more holistic um, kind of um, training um, model of training. It's going to allow us to provide a more holistic training environment suited to the industry that we're in and it's going to limit the amount of people that we can train at one time might be difficult to guess where that's going but uh yeah that's that's where we're going next things that um that i would mention just to um answer a few things that actually you asked mick but um yeah holistic um we talked when we when we got together in in that September. We talked about you know I think our ideal would actually be ultimately to get to a point where we were um, a one stop kind of shop. You know we've got everything for a PDI, including business management, everything that they need for their pupils, including things like um, nerves and anxiety training, mindfulness, etc. Um, up to ADIs and ADI trainers. Um, I look at. As an example, try coaching. We were at the conference in two, two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, April. Yeah. And nearly half of the speakers, presenters, and people that were involved at some point had been part of try coaching. Um, and maybe that's the ultimate, you know, to look at that and go, can you imagine going to a conference where half the people actually speaking? to ADIs from up and down the country of people that you've provided training to. What a testament to that company that was. You think, uh, current situation aside, hmm. do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think that potentially getting that number of people from one company is reducing the variety a little bit? I'd, 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 I wouldn't. Um, I won't disagree with you. I think there's this space for um, this space for variety, space for more variety. Um, but that's you know you've you've talked about people going and doing something about it. We can't help the fact that I look at the people there, and if if twelve months into um, me training with try coaching you'd have asked me to name the people that would go on to do something in the industry it would absolutely be the ones that have gone on and done something in the industry and if if people want to offer more variety to that i'd welcome it but go and do it you know it's not my fault that somebody's not doing anything different and that's that's that goes back to what you said sorry about um they'll either do it or they won't yeah, they and a lot of the time it's 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 I don't know, it's fear or just lack of moral fibre to go and do it or scared or whatever. Um yeah. I, I when you were talking about that, sir, I, I, I thought about we had a, an issue at B and Q car park where they tried where they banned us all from the car park. 
Um, I was chairman of the local group and I went up 40, 40 minutes up the road to York on a Friday afternoon for a meeting at quarter five with a manager. Um, had a meeting. It was positive. We were banned from the car park still, but it was positive. Um, and there was there was um, uh, an offer that I that I put on the table to him and he was accepting of it if we all stopped using it. I drove 40 minutes, 45 minutes back home, got back home about seven o'clock at night. Um, after the meeting, put it on Facebook on the WhatsApp on the Facebook group, and got a lot of positive feedback. I got three negative comments from three people that weren't even part of the association that said I hadn't done my job. Yeah, and at that point I thought, you know what? It's not my job. This is a voluntary role, so I let people know that I was resigning. And I offered them three people to take my my job, what they called it. And not one of them did. Because, yeah, people just don't want it. But then they'll moan about it. You know, if, you, you know, if, if you're going to moan, then stand up and do something about it. You know, like we've, we've said this already tonight. Um, don't. Don't moan and not do anything about it and expect it to change. You 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 want it to change, you get up and do something. Make it change. You be that that game changer. It, it does over. amuse me. No, I like the rant and it amuses me. My favorite <laughs> one is always when people complain about the associations and yeah. they're not perfect, the stuff we can complain about. But I think that you that your own association. And put the work in for 20 years so that you've got 20,000 members. And I guarantee you, if you go to the DVS here with 20,000 members, I'll listen to you. But no one's willing to put the work in for 10, 15, 20 years. The success you're having now hasn't come because of you what's happened over the last year. It's what you've done over the last 10, 15, 20. It's all those skills. Mm. Going, I'm not sure what you did previously, but you mentioned, Mick, obviously you've been, you were in the Army. You know, you've taken stuff from that into to what you do now. And it's... People look at an element of success and assume that it's happened overnight or it's all right for them. You know, I had that recently for me. It's all right for you because you run a podcast. I'm like, that takes me 10 hours a week to do what I do. You know, mm. you don't do 10. If you did 10 hours a week, you would get to, to do this as well. And I'm going and, on a rant now, so I'm going and to that's, stop. <laughs> and that's, that's 10 hours of your time that you're not getting. You're, okay, you've got your premium, but it's 10 hours of your time that you're not getting paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and then that's every week. Now, would they go to work for ten hours and not get paid for? No, but they'll moan at you and they say, "Oh, well, you're right, you've got that." Well, do something yeah, about it, it. It's it's putting in the groundwork, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah. You put yeah. the groundwork in, and it takes you, you know, just it takes you where it takes you. But you have to put the work in to get there. You know, you, you do ten hours a week of work pushes you out into the public domain in our industry it will help you massively you know go whatever you decide to do in the future um what i like about what you said terry is that um similar to me and, and i know mick is the same is that we just never jumped into anything that we weren't ready to be able to jump into we made sure we had the knowledge the understanding the skills to do what we've you know what we've gone in to doing is 10 years you know five years ago i would never be doing what i'm doing even though i had some knowledge that maybe other people didn't have 
I wasn't at the point where I could use it and create my own things with it. Um, <clears throat> it's the work you put in and it's the time that you spend that gets you ultimately where you want to get to. And some people, and, and this is absolutely fine, but some people aren't interested in doing that. Some people have no wish to do anything more than what they're doing. It's absolutely fine. But then there's other people who, and I, I get it's about them. It's not about us. It's not about you. They, but they want to take a swipe, and that's about them. But it mm. does take, it takes a lot of work. It's, you know, 10 hours a week over, what, you're on now three years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work to put in. But it gets you where you want to get to. It is, but you know, it's why we do it. It's why I do the mm. podcast. It's why you do the podcast. It's why you do kit markets. It's to help people that maybe don't have, yeah, some of the privileges that don't have maybe the expertise, don't have the the time, that the ability, the whatever the word I'm looking for is that they can go and get these awesome free resources, mm. and then decide what they do next. You know, maybe they're not in a position where they can go and invest themselves financially, but they can go and take all this stuff, mm. start work. So that when they are in a position to invest financially, they can look at, at Kit Mag and go, do you know what? They're the guys I want to come to and invest my money yeah. in. Or Terry, or whatever it is. You know, that that's that's why we do it. And yeah. I think that to oh, I don't get an awful lot of criticism, but to get criticism for that, I think is ridiculous. But either way, let's move on from the negative stuff. Let's finish up because I like to finish up on the, the friendly question. Driving song. What is the ultimate driving song? Who's going to give me their ultimate driving song to go on the instructor podcast Spotify playlist? Bow hell. Bow hell. Oh, that's cheered me up. It's a cracking song. Only because. <laughs> Just you curious. drive like one. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> it was just a bit delayed answering, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was waiting for the pause. <laughs> um, I, I thought yours would be uh, something from S Club 7, Terry. I um, I went on another podcast once, um, uh, the Crazy X Club it was called, and mm. we had to give our breakup song, if you like, that was it, and I chose Reach by S Club 7, and she squealed like I'd never heard anyone squeal before. <laughs> I wish I could make women, oh, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> edit, Matt, edit. Um, I didn't mind if it's, if it's a nice summer's day, and it goes back to um, when I was a kid, though. Um, and being on holiday, it was out about, it was about 1984, but Kate Bush running up that hill. I just love, I love the, the atmosphere of that song. And it's a nice evening and, and driving, Mick's shaking his head. It's a great song. I've run up too many hills. <laughs> so, so you've got bad memories. It's not provoked the same reaction for me that Bad Honor held in, but we'll, we'll <laughs> leave that there. All right, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Um, where's the best place to reach you and where they can find you? Yeah, um, our website, www.adikit.co.uk. If you go on there, you can find all our courses, or you can contact us via Knowledgeable Instructor Training on Facebook, Mick Knowles on Facebook, or Lee Joe on Facebook. Um yeah, that's or, or email mick at adikit.co.uk or lee at adikit.co.uk. 
So Super for anyone awesome. listening, you will find those links in the show notes and in the uh, the transcription when I eventually get around to that. I'm behind with them already. Um, oh, or, oh, there's Lee's uh, number, 0898. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, dumped me. I don't know where to go. <laughs> what was it? What was that uh, club called that we walked past in Aberdeen? Because I think oh, you get mixed up it, with the number. Was it Kitty? No. No, can't remember. Anyway, Honeys or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting looking place. It's looking Kitty. You could do some kind of match up with them, cross promotion. Yeah, oh, yeah, Kitty we could. Yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we'd want to do that. I think <laughs> no. the two don't really line up particularly well. Um, I, but it was I, an interesting looking place. As we walked past on, on the opposite side of the road, I thought, that's a strange place. They've got two female bouncers outside. And the female bouncers are waving as they cross the road. Oh, no, 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 they're not female bouncers. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> thank you both for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> So big thank you to both Mick and Lee there. Really enjoyable episode. And as you heard during the show, I, I really like what they're doing. I do think they're bringing a fresh approach. I do think they're bringing something different. It is difficult to be completely innovative. Innovative? I can't say that word. Um, it's difficult to be completely that word in today's day and age. But they are definitely creating something a bit fresh. If you want to sign up, you can go to the show notes and check out the links over there. I do just want to tell you a little bit more about the Instructor Premium. So basically, there are two tiers. You have got the £10 tier and the £22 tier. And each of those, you would pay that as a monthly fee. If you sign up to the £10 tier, you will get access immediately to over 100 exclusive trainings. Now, there are regular shows with Bob Morton, Sam Harper, and Kevin Tracy Field. And there are regular shows with some experts from outside of the industry in Robin Bates and Nick Oakes. There's also a host of other trainings there from guest speakers and from myself that cover a range of topics from the standards check and coaching to mental health and building a better driving school business. There's also some fun stuff, some little different things over there. So we do things like the Green Room Extra, where Chris Spencer will ask me a random question. And one of my favourite ones was, which fictional TV character would make the best driving instructor? And also by signing up, you get to help contribute towards the running of the show by choosing the direction the show goes in. And you get all that for £10 a month, as well as five exclusive discounts. Bob Morton will give you a £10 a month discount on his client set of learning. Sam Harper will give you discounts on a Guild and Mindful Drivers training course. Lee Sperry will give you 50% discount on his coaching sessions. Robin Bates over at Coach of the Geeks Turbo will give you a discount over there. And Go Rode also offer you a discount on their diary management app. All that for just £10 a month. But if you want to step up your training, if you want to upgrade your CPD, you can sign up to £22 a month tier where you get everything I've just mentioned, but you also get the interactivity. So you will get access to the expert sessions. Uh, the most recent one being Chris Benstead talking about how to teach roundabouts. We're followed by a Q&A. We've got one coming up with Kevin Tracy Field on what we can do with our learners to reduce those test day nerves. After that, 
We've got driver head bookkeeping coming on to talk about tax, and we've got Ray Seagrave coming to talk about rapport. But you don't just get the expert sessions, you get some coaching sessions. So four times a month, I will open my Zoom room for three hours for people to come in and get their problems solved. We call those problem-solving sessions, and there are four of those a month. So you get access to me for 12 hours a month. And you also get the opportunity to watch and join in with some of the shows being recorded live. The green room is often recorded with people watching and people joining in, as are one of my favourite shows at the minute, the episode dissection, where my members vote on one of their favourite episodes and then we dissect it often with the guest from that episode. And all that for just £22 a month. And I am going to drop in one last thing and just mention that you do not have to stay signed up forever. It may be that you join up for three months, get what you can out of it for three months, disappear for a couple, and then come back again. You're more than welcome to do that. But that stuff is there for you to dip into and take action on whenever necessary. And as I mentioned, the best place to sign up and or find out more is www.theinstructorpodcast.com. I'm going to leave it there. So thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. And remember, if you're not enjoying your lessons, you're doing them wrong. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. 